0: Welcome to Paranormal Selectivities. I am your host, Anthony Martinez. On this podcast, every Friday, I bring on a guest and we talk about a horror movie of their choosing. For this episode, my guest is Nick Keller and we will be talking about the 1987 film Hellraiser. You can watch this movie for free on Tubi or with a subscription on YouTube TV. Let's get into the episode. All right. Thanks for being on the podcast, Nick. Uh, so you brought in the movie Hellraiser. Uh, I thought very, very fun movie. The The practical effects in the movie were kind of funny because at some point in time, some points they were like extremely good. Like all of like the Cenobites were really cool. Mm-hmm. But then like at the beginning where they're like, uh, it's showing his skin being ripped apart with the hooks. Oh yeah. It was uh not not so good. <laughs> I mean,
1: hey, that's uh that's 1980s for you.
0: I know, it's always so funny watching those um watching movies from the 80s cuz you always just kind of go from like incredible practical effects to like holy moly, that was not great.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I mean, as you know, I mean, here I am, my, you know, my horror collection. I most of it is is 80s films and it's like you can have just like you said amazing effects and you can have the really low budget but it still it still makes it a fun enjoyable experience you know
0: yeah yeah and then also blood in these movies are always so funny because it's (laughs) just like just they just like squirt something as much as they can oh yeah to to do a bunch of blood there so uh, what made you bring this movie uh to the podcast
1: uh all right so when i was younger my parents of course never let me watch the sort of horror films and whatnot and i distinctly remember um when i was in seventh grade there was a friend of mine and he had a copy of the movie and he showed it to me once and i looked at them like wow that looks crazy interesting and he's like you want to borrow it course why not you know so i went in my room i had my little portable dvd player and i'm just watching it like making sure parents don't walk in type deal and <laughs> i i remember i'm like i'm watching this i don't understand really much of what's going on like some of the little <laughs> because it was just i felt like there was a lot going on at once um mm-hmm. <laughs> and i distinctly remember just being amazed at like the scene where uh where Frank is resurrected from the floorboard, like that absolutely stunning for me. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, this is, this is incredible. Just, just the whole idea of that. And I've never seen it before. I've never seen a movie do that. So I was like, to me, this is, this is incredible. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? So I would say it's one of my first like real horror movie, you know, the one that did it for me.
0: Yeah, I can see that. That scene was really cool. Like or it's like the skeleton is kind of like coming from the ground mm-hmm. and like forming itself. Yeah, that that's a really cool scene. Um so you said that that's kind of where you like you started with horror. Yeah. Are you really big into horror now? Is that one of your favorite genres?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um I mean, I love all kinds of like the stuff that was like 70s, 80s is my main go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm more of the faith that when you know back then, if they wanted to bring something to life, they had to make it, and it it just yeah. looked it looked more believable in some aspects. I mean, of course, you have your corniness, but then you have some that look it looks so real because they had to make it appear real. CGI wasn't you know wasn't the technology didn't
0: exist. Right. Yeah, a lot of the uh the cenobites were really cool looking, but then you also had like the uh like that hallway monster that looked hilarious.
1: Mm. That is uh I believe I had to do a little bit of research because I read the book. It's called the uh the Hellbound Heart. That's mm-hmm. what it that's what this movie is based off of. And that creature doesn't exist in the book. And I'm like, well, what the hell is it? Had to mm-hmm. do a bit of dive. Apparently, this thing is called the. Um... Oh, God, what was it? It was right on the tip of my tongue. It, it's basically like a, a bit of a protector, almost like the uh, like the homeless guy. No, they never tell what that is, but he's supposed to be like a protector of the box.
0: Ah, yeah, that that makes sense.
1: Yeah, they never they never explain what um what it is but he's referred to as the puzzle guardian according to the hellraiser wiki. I I just I know I've seen him several times in the movie and they never tell who he is, what he does. He just kind of appears.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the like parts of that monster looks really cool. Like it's funny cuz it has like it's kind of like an upside down human but it has like four hands oh yeah yeah and like there's hands up at the top which you know like the person who's like like the puppeteer of it can control the top hands but there's no way they can control the bottom hands so the bottom hands are just like there and so when it's moving around the bottom hands like don't do anything (laughs) and there's like a, a scene later on in the movie i think it's towards the end where um, he's grabbing uh, the daughter, uh, Kirstie, mm. and you could tell <laughs> it's not really great. Like they just like put the hand over her arm, but <laughs> it's not really like you could tell it's not really doing anything. It's just kind of there, right? I mean, uh, I do yeah.
1: ha- I do kind of like the idea of like it's kind of like a humanoid scorpion of some kind. I'm like, oh the- yeah, that's
0: a better better description there
1: like the the creativity that they had back then I feel like it's it was unreal like it was unmatched even
0: Yeah they they had to be creative cuz yeah, they tur- really didn't have any other options
1: Yeah because like I said I mean you and I both know that CGI didn't come around until you
0: know Mhm So Yeah I've watched a lot of videos on like how they did the um different scenes in Star Wars mm. and they like really had to put in a lot of effort back then to make scenes that could easily do on their computer now, but they made them look so good with really nothing. Oh yeah. Just a lot of, uh a lot of movie, like uh, a lot of film magic basically.
1: Right. It's like, um, just the other day I was watching, um, I was watching Ghostbusters with my girlfriend and she goes, well, how did they make the ghosts? If, if, you know, CGI didn't exist. And I had to sit there and do a deep dive because I started questioning myself. I was like, (laughs) I don't know how this happened. And I mean, they would like, I guess they would just, it was like paint, like they'd make paintings and they'd layer it onto the film. Yeah. Which is, that's crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I gotta send you something. Uh, there's a YouTube channel, where it's like visual effects artists react and they like will kind of deep dive into different things, but they do one on that movie on the ghostbusters and they like show a scene. It's like the scene where there's a ghost that pops up in the courtroom. Okay. And uh, I forget exactly what happens, but like the ghost like flies through the doorway. Yeah. And it's like, how do they make it do it? And, like, you can clearly see where it's, like, cuts once they show it. But just, like, it looks really good. And unless you're really paying attention to it, you really don't even notice it. Right. It's, it's kind of crazy how they managed to do a lot of that stuff back in the day. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's go on with the plot of this movie. At the beginning of the movie, it starts off with uh, – with, you don't know at the mo- at the time, but it is Frank – talking to a man uh who has this puzzle box um and he's pretty much asking him uh like well, wh- how much do you want for it and all that so it shows him purchasing this box he takes it back to his house and he solves it and once he solves it um these hooks come out of the walls and it like rips them apart
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then it shows a pinhead come in the mo- come in the room and uh Kind of grabs the box, he puts the box back to normal, and then once the box go back to normal, pretty much the whole room goes back to normal, like nothing happened, even though moments before there was like just blood everywhere
1: right it's it's like a um it's it's very much like a like a different dimension,
0: yeah, and like he uh he had his like his face was just like on the ground in
1: mm-hmm. like
0: different parts and He went over there and, like, constructed his face back to normal. (laughs) (laughs) And so after that, it shows uh, Larry, who is Frank's brother, coming to that same house. Um, He's moving into it with his second wife, Julia. Uh, The house is in pretty bad shape. They find, like, maggots in the kitchen, and they go to the bedroom where Frank used to sleep, and it was pretty much just like a couple blankets on the ground There's like really nothing to it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's pretty bare bones. It's, it's, it's been quote unquote Frankified, I would say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, you find, uh, you have Larry talking on the phone with Kirstie, his daughter who says that she's not going to stay with them. She's got like a room.
1: And you and I both know that that's mainly due to Julia.
0: Since yeah, Julia's yeah. like
1: she's like oh let me just avoid her for the most part.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't blame her. A lot of these scenes are like, Julia's like in the same room as uh, Kirsty. Just Julia has like the worst face. Just uh, I don't know. Just her whole vibe is
1: oh yeah, I'm not
0: with it. I mean, I mean to
1: be fair, I mean as as the plot as the plot does go on, you know she does does remember you know messing with frank a lot and and that's frank's yeah. brother so it's it's kind of hard to tell if, is is this relationship true or
0: like i they seem like the worst couple in the world like they Absolutely. completely unhappy and then you immediately find out why when they show like julia having flashbacks of the affair with frank hmm. um so then they're moving This part really confuses me because it seems like they bought they paid for movers, Mm -hmm. but he is still helping them move stuff around the house, (laughs) which I I don't understand why they did that. Uh, But then they had uh, they're trying to move this bed upstairs and Larry is carrying it backwards and then he gets his hand caught cut on a nail. That part Man. always
1: got me. When I when I first watched it, the like, first couple <laughs> of times, I was like, it always got me, because it's just like, they got right on that vein. I'm like, oh, yep, here we go.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was, I feel like it was really excessive how much blood was coming out of the hand.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he runs into the room uh, that Julia is in, which turns out to be the room where Frank opened up the box. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he's bleeding everywhere they like put something over it, and then they take him to the hospital and While it's showing them, taking them to the hospital, you see the blood gets absorbed through the floorboards, and that's where that skeleton scene comes in right where it's like reconstructing Frank from the blood.
1: Now, my one biggest question every time I watch this movie, it doesn't make much sense to me. Considering that that was only a cut on his hand. Yet when Julia you know had brought men there, it, this this small little cut had brought Frank back that far. Yeah. But several humans
0: didn't? Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Like they could have cut part of the movie like, they did not have to have... I think they brought back, like, three people total, mm-hmm. and it did not need to be three people. It could have been, like, no. maybe one and a half. Like <laughs> The amount of blood... There was no blood, barely. I mean, way too much for what the cut was, but mm-hmm. that brought back, like, a majority of his body, and then it took just, like, three or four other people to get him back to normal.
1: <laughs>
0: so then... um. They get back, and Julia goes into that room and then finds out finds that like skeleton and Skeleton says that it's me, Frank um and Frank tells her that she needs to get get him more blood so he can get his body back. She does not want to do it at first, but then she decides to help him so then it goes to her at the bar. Mm-hmm. And this man like approaches her. So she brings this guy back to the house, lures him in, into the room. And then she attacks him with a a hammer. Um, once she kills him, then Frank takes all the blood. And this part to me was hilarious because <laughs> they, she like, they drain, he gets drained.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then Larry comes home at this point. And so then she, like, I don't know. I felt like she could have just left the body in that room. Right. But instead, she, like, <laughs> just nonchalantly <laughs> has carried this dead body from one room to another, even though she knows somebody is there. Like,
1: right. Just like, absolutely
0: dude, ridiculous.
1: Like, this dude could just come up the stairs and see her holding a dead body, and she's going to be like, uh, hey, Larry, uh, it's not what you think.
0: Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that part that part to me was so funny. Just the way she's just like, "Oh, uh, nothing to see here. I'm just <laughs> right. carrying a dead body here." So yeah, that happens, and then it they do it again. They just cut to another time. Where she's bringing somebody mm-hmm. else to the house. Um, does it again? Pretty much has that. He believes he's almost restored and then he tells Julia about the the box and the the cenobites and how they're after him so they need to restore his body so they can escape mm-hmm. so then she brings another person this is a third person they're coming to to like um sacrifice pretty much right and kirsi gets to the house And she sees that Julia's bringing this strange guy into the house. Um, So she can't get in the front door, which it's so funny to me because this happens like three times where the front door is locked. So then they just go to the back door. And of course, the back door is open. It's like if you're just going to leave one door unlocked, why do you why lock the other one? (laughs) Exactly. You know, they can get in uh but so she gets to the ho- gets inside the house she goes upstairs and the the guy that they brought there just kind of pops out of the room he's like half dead basically freaks mm-hmm. her out so then frank um takes her into the room and then just like telling her that it's him and not to be alarmed um, I mean so sh-
1: anybody who saw that shit
0: <laughs> yeah. should be alarmed. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so Uncle Frank uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I am a skeleton man. It's okay. <laughs> uh so then she steals the box cuz Frank is telling her how like don't take the box or whatever. She steals the box and runs away. She passes out on the street and then wakes up in the hospital. Which this part was kind of strange to me because it looked like she was in like a, what's it called? Like a, like an insane asylum or something. Right. Because of the way like they like locked her in the room and everything. And like the doctors barely played or talked to her at all, which was kind of strange to me.
1: I think the reasoning for that is because I, I, if I recall correctly, that she was gripping onto that box for like, for dear life, that's what one of them said when they yeah. picked her up off the street. So maybe they were just like we don't know what's going to happen when she comes to. So I mean, it's possible she could have been in a you know in a part of a psych ward.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot that some hospitals just have those. Mm. That makes sense. Uh so she is in, she's locked in the room, that she starts to play with the puzzle box. She manages to solve it, uh that hallway pops up in the room. She goes down it and then she finds the monster uh, that we were talking about earlier, the right. scorpion person. Uh, so she runs back to her room and that like hallway disappears. Then the Cenobites show up and are like saying that they're going to take her. So then she says she knows Frank um, and she knows where to find him. And they said they agree, but they said that they have to hear him say it's him and self. Mm-hmm. So then they get back to the Larry's house and she goes inside and she finds Julia and her father, well what she believes is her father. Um he tells her that Frank or then Larry, who's actually Frank, tells her Frank's been dealt with and she doesn't believe him and wants to see the body. So they take her to the room and you just see the corpse surrounded by a bunch of candles. Uh, It's just her in the room. The Cenobites show up and say they want the man who did this. She says no because she believes that it's their father who did it and not Frank. Uh, So then she finds out that it's Frank. uh, Starts running away. She gets stopped by Julia. Frank attempts to stab her but ends up stabbing Julia. And then he just like sucks the blood out of Julia and goes away oh so when they first see i forgot about this but when they first see she first sees larry there's like clearly like blood like a blood outline of his like head like where right. his head meets his hair and yeah. it's like how do you you clearly have to notice that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> she just saw there's, that and
1: she's like oh yeah that's
0: totally frank yeah, Larry. Larry has my dad has that all the er, time.
1: Oh wait. Oh no, I, I know what you're talking about now. I I don't know why, but my mind went to the the corpse. But yeah, when uh, he no. when he skinned him, and he he's wearing it like a like a like a mask. Yeah, practically. It's like how, yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. That line right there. Yeah, I would have saw that and be like, hey, what the hell happened to you? you
0: exactly. Good? Yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not good. Um. Uh, so yeah, he uh. He kills Julia and then starts chasing her into the room with the corpse, mm-hmm. and then he says that he's Frank, so then the cenobites appear, and then it does that scene again where his skin gets hooked mm-hmm. and kind of explodes. Then they start to chase Kirsty um as she is running away, she finds the box. Starts solving the box, and every time she solves a part of it, another of the Cenobites disappear. Um, Steve shows up, and then they manage to escape together. The house is burning, and then there's that uh, bearded man that's been showing up randomly into multiple Mm -hmm. times in the movie. He shows up, grabs the box. While it's like in the fire, his skin melts away. He turns into a skeleton dragon. and then flies around.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds like it sounds ridiculous, it definitely, <laughs>
0: totally does. <laughs> like, I was like there I don't I don't I was like I don't know what's going to happen at this point in time. But at you could have gave me a thousand guesses and I would have never said he turns into a skeleton dragon.
1: <laughs> it's like I remember uh, earlier in the movie shows up at the pet store just grabs a handful of crickets and <laughs> just, just
0: goes chomp. Up.
1: and she's like excuse me what <laughs> <laughs> and then she
0: said something like you're gonna have to pay for that or something like that and then
1: yeah and then he takes a big bite and she's like yeah just get out of my store and i'm like okay <laughs> i'm like okay you know maybe that's just a uh you know possible homeless behavior okay whatever i can i can get with that and then you just see him walking up to the fire and she's like hey you know, she's like i feel like she knew she recognized him at that point just gets into and he just gets into the fire and then the skeleton dragon flap flap, and we take the box and go away. Yeah, yeah. What an what an ending, guys. I mean, the movie yeah. was great, but what the hell is that?
0: <laughs> yeah. So after he flies away, then it cuts to the pretty much the same scene at the beginning, where somebody else is purchasing the box um, mm-hmm. from the guy in the beginning. Uh, there was, it was very funny earlier in the movie after that dinner scene where julia and uh i think his name was steve uh kirstie's boyfriend yeah or yeah, yeah. Kirsty, not julia uh, Kirsty and steve go to they're like walking around and they like end up in like the dirtiest like alley and that's where they decide to go and make out <laughs> which i thought was just kind of strange
1: now speaking of strange I'm glad you mentioned those two because there is a scene that I had, I don't know how I could have forgot this. Kirsty's dream sequence is one of the most bizarre things from that film. When she has that dream and it's like, she's, she's walking towards like a bed and it just becomes soaked in blood and you hear a baby screaming. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was like, there's no explanation for this whatsoever of any kind. And she just wakes up and I'm like, Okay, I I mean I okay nightmare, but what's the <laughs> what's the story significance?
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that was very strange. There, there was um, let me see. When uh, initially, when she brought that one guy, the first guy, back to her house, mm-hmm. and I I like kind of felt bad. I was like, oh, this poor guy doesn't deserve this, but then she <laughs> um. I felt bad that he was gonna die, and then she was like uh, not kissing him back or something. Yeah. And then he like was like, "You better not be taking this back or something like that." Or pretty yeah, much like implying that out. Yeah. yeah, that he was like pretty much gonna assault her if he didn't. Then I was like, "Okay, right. yeah, this guy can die. I don't care."
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like he just kind of he's like, "You better not be backing out of me," and she's like. Well, it gives me another reason to kill him.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh I watched this movie on Tubi, mm-hmm. um which has ads every once in a while. So the like pretty much the only jump scare in the movie where that like it just cuts to that monkey screaming in the cage. Oh yeah. That got ruined for me because like right before that happened, like it cut to an ad, so I seen the monkey so uh-huh. like the jump scare didn't even affect me because it like it showed me that there was a jump scare right before the ad right. started. <laughs>
1: you were like, "Ah, gotcha, movie." <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and then there was a there's a scene where you know how there was the one of the the bald Cenobites. There's a yeah. scene where he's like chasing after Kirsty. And the way that the lighting happens is you can see that like he has hair on his head, but it's like there's only like six or seven strands of hair. It looks like Charlie Brown's hair just because there's barely any hair at it. And I'm like, why did they even add the the hair? Because you could only see it in this one scene and it's only like seven pieces of hair.
1: Which one is that is there's there's the one with the the big one with the glasses. There's one with the, the teeth. Uh, then there's the the one with the um, looks like it has something through its nose or, or lip. I believe it's through the lip.
0: Uh, I'm trying to t- find a picture of him right now to see which one exactly it was. Because
1: I'm curious because I will definitely go to just to see the strands of hair because I feel like I've missed that.
0: <laughs> it's like the really chunky one. Oh, OK. Yep. With the glasses. Yeah.
1: That they have names for these things. Uh, some of them are actually the most like they're kind of ridiculous. It kind of takes away from the the horror aspect. I feel like because the <laughs> one that we are referring to, his name is Butterball. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like all right.
0: <laughs> I wonder because I know that they initially did not name it Pinhead. Uh huh. But like enough people called him that that. They're just like okay, we'll just
1: he's, we'll just he's, go with that. He's basically um, referred to as the Hell Priest.
0: Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah,
1: and then everybody's like, "Oh, that's to do with the you know pins in his head," so we're just gonna call him Pinhead. <laughs> and then at that point on, it was like, "All right, guys, whatever, we're we'll run with it." <laughs> <laughs> like I All think, right. the, like I think the one with the teeth. I'm pretty sure they called him chatterer and I'm like, okay, you guys are getting really like, (laughs) this is, this is bad now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's not a, not a great name.
1: It's like they let like four year olds name these.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So let's say that you are, we're going to put you into this movie. Okay. You're Larry. Oh boy. (laughs) What are your chances of surviving this movie?
1: So so this is so this is like if I they like put me you myself
0: as in Larry, yes. You are you are replacing Larry. <laughs> so you would make decisions based on how you think. I mean personally considering
1: that I I would feel like since they kind of know that their their relationship is bad, I felt like I would have like I would have suspected something. Mhm. Like especially because given the way that that Julia acts, she's always just kind of like she's uninterested in things that um, that Larry likes to do. Even like, for example, he's watching boxing and she's like. Just bored out of her mind, just kind of sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I feel like Larry is. Well, I mean, clearly he was clueless to all of it. But me, personally, my chance of survival, I want to go ahead and I want to give myself the upper hand here at about, like, I'm going to say 70-30. And the reason why I say that is it's just, it's like I feel like that I would, would, you know, see something there and I'd probably catch on relatively quickly. But then again, I mean, this guy is kind of, not exactly human, uh, Frank at this point, given the fact, yeah. that, I mean, this dude just rose out of the floorboards. Who knows what he's capable of? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I would give myself a 70 <laughs> 30, to be
0: honest. I feel like, uh, I'm probably in the same boat. Mm. Um, because I definitely wouldn't have been like the way that she was acting, like throughout that movie. I'm like, how are you still? with her if this is like your normal conversations like i would have definitely not been in that relationship anymore right yeah i would have probably got out of it but i'm also kind of non-confrontational so i might have just been like living with it and then i just end up dead
1: <laughs> or like kind of like you just you sit back and watch and go ah
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah so I I feel like I'd be around the same same with you. Okay, so then what would you say your favorite part of this movie is?
1: Oh man. Um honestly it it's kind of tied with two parts. Uh, one obviously has to be the resurrection of Frank. Yeah. Um, Cuz I mean that's that's crazy. That 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 the way they did that phenomenal um and probably my second like very close is possibly tied would have to be when Kirsty meets the cenobites for the first time because like she just got out of that hallway and then she's like i'm stuck in here in a in this realm with you know with these creatures she doesn't know anything about and they tell her they're like if you cheat us, we'll tear your soul apart, like that right there. The look on his face, like, this dude does not mess around.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um. But yeah, I, for if I had to choose between the two, I'm gonna go with Frank, when he had uh, the resurrection of Frank.
0: I, yeah, that's, that's probably one of my favorites as well. And then there's also just the scene where she's carrying <laughs> the dead body out of that room. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is just pretty comical to me. <laughs> yeah, I I can't get over how good that scene was, of like his body just coming back, which I I wanted to look this up, but I'm pretty sure what happened is they like reversed it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was like a they had like the full body and then like kind of went backwards, just the way right. that it was moving, or it might have been like a stop motion, which they did a lot mm-hmm. back then as well. But I, I think it was some some kind of like reversal. But yeah, that scene was really good.
1: When you had mentioned uh, the her like her carrying the dead body, and she's like, "I'm feeling sick." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> would you um would you put some music on, babe? <laughs> like, uh like you didn't just carry a dead body into the yeah like just <laughs> so like a, a nonchalantly just dumps this body here and goes oh i'm feeling a little sick
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's great all right so what would you rate this movie um on a scale of one to ten ten being the best
1: yes okay um, considering that I have uh, a little bit of a a special place for this movie because it it kind of gave me like my my sort of start into the genre, I would probably give this one a seven and a half out of ten for me personally. Okay. It's just yeah, it's just everything. It. It's like everything about it. It it's like the time period, the effects. I mean, granted some are corny, but it's kind of like, ah, what the hell? It's like the rest of it, the rest of it works well. So I'm, I'm fine with that.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can get behind that. I, I really liked it. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was kind of expecting it to more be, cause I'd never watched the movie before mm-hmm. and I really didn't know much about it besides like pinhead. And I just kind of assumed it was going to be like him just kind of killing random people. Mm-hmm instead of it being just like this one storyline or really he doesn't show up until the end for the most part. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I can give it a 7.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we're going to do, um, I'm going to give you a quote and you just got to tell me um, who did it or like who said the quote or at what point in time in the movie it was. All right. Uh, all right. So the first quote is going to be "Come to Daddy."
1: Oh, that is Frank. <laughs> totally Frank. I mean, I'm just picturing like just him saying it. uh, I, I remember him uh saying at the end of the movie when he's in uh um Larry's body, he's like "Come to Daddy," and I'm like, "Yeah, no."
0: Yeah, that's that's how she finds out it's him because <laughs> yeah. Cause he said that to her when he was like a skeleton or whatever, the like, skinless the, monster,
1: like the initial meeting of the two the re the re, um, right. When yeah. they, when they met again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So here's your next one. It is. What's your pleasure, sir?
1: That he's the character at the beginning of the movie. He he's never given a name, but he's just the, the guy selling the box. Oh, i I just, I was very curious as to why they never, I mean, yeah, he's not really like that um, important to the story kind like he is and isn't, mm-hmm. Like, but they, they refer to him twice in the film and there is no sort of anything of how he got the box, where he came from this and that. And I was like, Hmm, it's kind of odd, but all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. You would have thought that they would have made him be like, maybe if instead of that, uh, the bearded guy, Mm -hmm. who was like following her around maybe it would have been him right so then he he gets the box back at the end of the movie and then continues Mm -hmm. to cycle basically but yeah just kind of a random guy who just sells that box for whatever reason yeah all right so then the last one i'm going to give you which i thought was a pretty funny part in the movie was uh, no don't do that (laughs)
1: <laughs> it, no don't do that like he, he almost i feel like if you put a little bit of austrian in there you have literally arnold schwarzenegger right there <laughs> no don't do that like
0: <laughs> yeah that that was very funny to me uh,
1: so he's just kind of he's just kind of staring there like like yeah i can make hooks and shit come out of the wall but Yeah, I'm not going to stop
0: you. Yeah, I'm not going to stop you from somehow banishing me. He's
1: like, I'm just going to tell you no and see what that does.
0: (laughs) That was very good. Okay, you got all those right. So now we're going to go to the truth, two truths and a lie. I'm going to read off three statements here, and then you have to tell me which one it is. Okay. Which one's the uh, incorrect statement? All right. Um so he was originally named Hell Priest, but because the audience called him Pinhead so much, they went with it. There was going to be a Hellraiser vs. Halloween movie, but the people who own the rights to Halloween said no. And then the Cenobites were inspired by a nightmare Clive Barker had after a night of drinking.
1: I'm gonna go ahead and say the one with the, the tie-in of the Halloween movie is false
0: that's actually not that was correct they were gonna wow. do the movie well they want hellraiser like the people who did hellraiser wanted to do the movie and they were mm-hmm. putting it into a, put it into motion but then the people who owned halloween did not want to do it this was wow. after like the freddie vs. Uh, jason kind of
1: oh okay that makes a lot yeah. more sense that it's Oh, I you know what? I felt I feel like if I if I knew that maybe the timing of that because yeah. um to be fair, um I mean me personally, I there's a shit ton of Hellraiser movies mm-hmm. and I felt like that they steadily declined. One and two <laughs> fantastic and then you start going on that decline.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really hard for like these especially when you're going into like seven or eight or however many movies if you're doing all of those movies it's hard to to stay uh, stay on top of the game Mm -hmm. yeah so the the one that was uh was the lie was I said the Cenobites were inspired by a nightmare Clive Barker had after a night of drinking they were actually inspired by S&M clubs that Clive Barker would go to
1: Oh, I could get yeah, I could get that because, yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> look, at look at the get up that they're wearing for one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I mean, that's really interesting. I didn't I would have never thought that, you know, I would never thought they would have tried to do a tie in with that. I mean, except for, like I said, yeah, after a couple of years, you know, they start going, oh, we're running out of ideas. What do we do? But that's yeah, that's still interesting to me.
0: Yeah, that, that would have been cool. I'm not sure why they didn't do it. Or why the people who owned the rights to Halloween said no.
1: Yeah, that's it would have been I think that yeah, I think that would have been an interesting film to watch. I mean I'd give it I'd give it a fair shake.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well that that's the that's the podcast there. Thanks for coming on and uh you, there was there are some sequels here, so maybe we can watch the sequels here later and do another episode
1: Absolutely. in the future.
0: Thank you for listening to Paranormal Selectivities. I have been your host, Anthony Martinez, and my guest was Nick Keller. The artwork for the podcast has been done by Zach Fitzpatrick. If you have any questions, suggestions, or just want to say hi, you can email me at paranormalslectivities at gmail.com or tweet at me at pselectivities. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next Friday.